You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bingham. Thank you for being here. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, we are there. Please hit that subscribe button. Guys, you may have noticed two things today. One, I'm not alone. Alan Malai is here with us, college football guru. Love the guy. He's going to have a whole lot to say. As you can see by the helmets behind him, he's got big brother BYU and then little, <laughs> little brother Utah. I got two. I got two. Oh, of them. shoot. shoot. Okay. <laughs> uh, the second thing you might have noticed is that I sound and look sick, and you would be right. So today's podcast uh, should be brought to you by Theraflu. So Theraflu, if you're out there, please send me some more stuff. I love your product. I've been sick for a few days, Alan, and I'm finally like on the mend, but still you can hear it in my voice. Um, but, but we're going to dive into BYU football. We're going to dive into Utah football. We're going to dive into the NFL. We've got tons to talk about. Uh, going to dive into the chants that Oregon fans were making. Interesting stuff there. But before we do all that, I need to take a quick two minutes, one minute even, and make mention of one of my favorite athletes of all time, Roger Federer. Roger Federer is retiring. To me, he's the greatest tennis player of all time. At one point, he held the most uh, Grand Slams. He held the record for most Grand Slams for several years after he passed uh, passed Pete Sampras. He since has been passed by Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal. But I still consider him the GOAT. For 237 consecutive weeks, Alan, that's four and a half years. That's this wild. guy was number one in the world. For wow. four and a half straight years, week after week after week. Like, absolutely incredible. So, to me, when I think of guys that dominated their sport more than anyone, I think of Roger Federer, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan. Um, and so, hats off to an amazing career for Roger Federer. Love the guy. Super classy. He's got one more event and then he's done. So, appreciate greatness. Uh, one of the all-time greats. If not. I, got a, I got a question for you. Yeah. Who was who, who more dominant? Roger Federer? Or Oregon's offensive and defensive line versus <laughs> <laughs> And just like that, we transition. So let's let's dive into it. I mean, that was something you and I had texted about that the offensive yeah, and yeah. defensive line, and you 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 know linemen and their positioning and their their jobs a lot better than I do, um, because yeah. you played that. But I mean Come on. I mean, BYU's offensive line and especially their defensive line were just, just getting pushed around all game long. And I thought oh. that was BYU's strength. So what, what's going on? You know, uh, if, if you listen to Kalani in the post-game press conference um, or even in an interview he did while getting on the bus, leaving the stadium, Kalani said he was embarrassed. Yeah. Um, when when Kalani first took, took over the BYU job, um, I sat with him in his office and I talked to him for about an hour. And he said, he said he couldn't understand. He, he was actually shocked how small BYU was when he first got there. The, the mm -hmm. Bronco kind of left the cupboards a little empty, you know? Yeah. Um, he, he was coming from Utah. They'd been in the Pac-12 for a while. And um, BYU was just, he's like, we were small and we weren't very strong. And he says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to change that. That is my number one priority. And if you look over the last seven years, like you always, you always give a coach four years to get their recruiting class in and build their program. Right. Mm -hmm. You give them six, maybe seven, which clients in year seven right now, because we've got the mission thing. Yep. Right. Yep. So, um, Kalani has done that. He well, has, and, and his first four years were like, so, so the last three have been really good. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the biggest reasons is because he's been able to get in class after class after class of just, yeah, sure. He's improved the skill talent and that'll get better when he gets into the big 12, but like um, his offensive and defensive line now has depth, now has size, now has strength. I mean, there's a reason uh, Phil still and pro football focus ranked BYU's offensive line as top five in the country. Yeah. Um, even people were talking about them being the best offensive line. I don't think we can say that anymore. Um, no. Expectations. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just – I just was shocked. I was shocked to see us getting pushed around like that. And it, it, where, you know, where do these same people that you're saying rank BYU top five, where do they rank Oregon? I'm sorry? I said, these same people that rank BYU's line top five, where do they rank Oregon? Uh, or Oregon was ranked as one of the best offensive lines in the Pac-12, but they weren't getting the national uh, pub that, uh, that BYU was. Well, I wonder if they will now, you know. But... They should. They should now, absolutely. Um, but if you could silence your phone over there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's 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 my laptop. Let me let me get that for you. Mouse operation in my run, running here. <laughs> You're good. So so some bright spots for BYU. You know, Jaron Hall. He had he had uh, no interceptions and he had 305 yards, two touchdowns. A lot of that came towards the end. You know, um, wasn't uh, it, it was kind of meaningless type of stats, empty empty calories as they say, but. I just feel like BYU's got to just take this as the wake-up call that it is. Uh, BYU fans, take this as the wake-up call that it is. The team is not great. They have potential. They're really good. Um, but they're not great. Just because we beat Baylor does not mean that we you know, are national championship contenders. And I think that's the wake-up call that BYU – it just feels like they're on the verge of greatness frequently, and they frequently get their heads too full of themselves – and then they drop a game like this. And so I just want to see BYU learn from their mistakes at some point <laughs> and not do as, this. As a, you know? as, a, as a Utah fan, it, I, I mean, I always cheer for BYU, but as a Utah fan, it was satisfying to see the fan base eat some humble pie um, <laughs> last week. We, we were hearing it. We were hearing yeah. it. They're going to go seven and zero against the pack. Yeah. Everything defending Pac-12 champs. It was a tough night for the defending Pac-12 champs. It was. It was. So um, I, I think I think we got to harp on the offensive, offensive and defensive line play just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the the Ducks scored in their first six possessions in that game. Yeah. Five touchdowns, one field goal. Yep. They ran for 212 yards in those first six possessions. They got a game worth of rushing yards in six possessions. They averaged 4.8 yards per carry. I mean, the defensive line was obliterated. The defense was obliterated. Um, yeah. And then if you look on the offensive side of the ball, if BYU can't, everything with BYU starts with the run game. I think BYU is missing Tyler Algier a lot more than we thought they would. We mm -hmm. thought we thought, we thought uh, Cook, the transfer from Cal, was, was going to be a little bit better. He seems yeah. a step slower than Tyler Algier. Oh, Cause... for sure he is. Yeah. Katoa actually looks better than he has. I think Katoa. I think Katoa is better. I think Katoa yeah, needs think, more I carries. Think, I think as of right now, Katoa's are in the starting spot. So I, I, I would probably expect him to see see him starting next week. But total overall, BYU only got eighty three yards versus Baylor, and and you heard you heard the, you heard the media talking about it. It's like, well, Baylor's a tough defense. Baylor's tough. Baylor's tough. Eighty three yards is you know we can we can accept that. Well, the young you only got sixty one yards versus Oregon. You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So now you're under under 100 yards, and for two games in a row versus two Power Five opponent opponents, and I gotta tell you, there, there's some real issues going on at BYU right now because if, you can't pass the ball if you can't run the ball. 
Like yeah. running the ball opens everything up. Now people are going to come come back and say, well, Jaron Hall had two touchdowns. He got those in garbage time. They were garbage time. They were. Uh, or he got one in garbage time. And then, yeah. and then he, you know, he didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. He Most threw, of his yards were in garbage time. Yeah. The one touchdown was good. Well, well, interestingly, you know, I, this wouldn't have made a huge impact on the game, but there was two things. One, we're still without our two best receivers. Although I think Chase Roberts has cemented himself as at least one of the top two receivers on BYU's team. Well, um, but I don't think that would have. BYU's got some talent at receiver. Yeah, yeah, they do. Cooper and Romney come back, and you've got Chase Roberts as your third yeah. option. You're looking pretty good. I think you're going to see Chase Roberts not as the third option. That's kind of what I'm getting at. I think he's going to be okay. more like the second option, maybe. But we'll see. But so yeah. we're without we're without Romney, um, without Nakua. Um, I don't think that's going to impact. It's going to impact the final score, but it's not going to impact who won the game. Like Oregon was absolutely dominant, and they winning. Yeah. The game. No, I, don't think, I don't think it would have changed anything. No, no. Maybe BYU gets an extra touchdown, so they lose by a little bit less. But that's best case scenario. Um, the other thing that was concerning, though, and I said this in my last podcast, I said with Oldroyd missing those field goals versus Baylor, those are demons that are going to sit with him for a while, and he's going to have to. He comes out in the first, you know, in the first half, kicks a field goal that would have like it was a pretty important field goal at the time. Like it was a momentum type thing. And it's from like 30 something yards and he misses again. And Dude, I'm like, his confidence is shot. I don't know if you can stick with him at this point. No, I I don't think you can either. I, I was shocked. I mean, his nickname used to be Jake the make. Yeah. I, now I, it's Jake, he, Jake he the the, you, saw, you saw the look on his face when he went out there versus Oregon to kick that field. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I had this singing feeling. It's like, Oh, I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah. And he he didn't just make, miss it he shanked it yeah um, so yeah I think I think if you're BYU you're you're seriously looking at putting in your second string kicker because yeah you know but, but like but then again you know you want to, you eventually want to get back to Jake and if you bench him you know I know it hurts his confidence even confidence. more what do you do yeah but, I mean it's the type of thing I said last podcast you do this as a pro and you're you're fired like you don't have a job because like you have one job on the team. And no. if you're, if you can't do it, I'm sorry. Like you can't play. And so I don't know what they're going to do. I don't even know who the backup kicker is. I would imagine he's, you know, at the college level, usually the backup kickers are not very good. That's why they're backups. Yeah. Um, but that's a huge problem. Cause to me, that was a momentum thing. That was just a deflating. Like you gotta be kidding me. Like, cause I think it was 17, seven at the time. And it could have been 17, 10 made it a one score game. There's just totally momentum there. Like totally different ball game. Different yeah. So that was like super deflating. Um, that sucked big time. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about because we do have to we do have to get into um, you know Utah football as well. But uh, there was a chant. I'm sure I'm sure you saw this on uh, on Instagram <laughs> or Twitter, right? So yeah. the Oregon fans were caught on film, caught on camera chanting "F the Mormons." Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna let you talk first about that. Oh, you know, I, 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 I've got friends who have gone up to Oregon. Um, they say they're just the worst fans, you know, and this isn't the first time that they've chanted things at fan bases or at, you know, BYU or even Utah, you know, um, I'm less, I'm, I'm less inclined to like be, to be offended. It's, it's just name calling doesn't really make me mad. I, I think, I think what, what, what the story is for this, because I mean, the student section came out and apologized on their Twitter. The university came out and apologized on their Twitter. Which really means the university came out twice on two different yeah. accounts. Yeah. Because exactly. it's not like the yeah. students are actually apologizing, but yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm big on forgiveness. Um, and so they said, sorry. And I, 
the, the issue, I, th I think the real story is, is that the national media, I, what's, what's interesting is that it's coming in, um, what's interesting is that it's coming in on the heels of BYU being accused of their student section chanting and using racial slurs towards uh, the women's Duke volleyball team. Which was factually proven to be false. It was made up. Totally false. Happened. Nothing happened. It lit a media firestorm. I mean, Stephen A. Smith was bloviating, you know, all over ESPN First Take. And it, I mean, it was national headlines. BYU was demonized. People still think it happened mm -hmm. because they haven't heard, you know, the truth. And this, apparently it's okay to, to castigate um, a religious institution. And it's it's not, there's no national headlines. There's no yeah. story. I think, I think, I think the media ignoring this story and blowing up the previous story that was false mm -hmm. is, is I, I think that's the real story. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no, no big deal, Oregon. You apologize. Let's move on. But the national media needs to be held to account. Yes. And so for me, like, I'm the same as you. I'm not offended. I actually don't really care. I've, I've actually sat in the Utah student section and had very similar things said to me, very anti mormon anti-religion type things Lies. were said to me not true utah fans are great <laughs> <laughs> it's very true but i didn't care yeah, no, um, to be honest with you some of my own friends do it you know so um <laughs> so i don't get offended at that stuff i think it says a lot more about them than it says about you know the people they're making fun of or, or whatever sure but that being said the double standard is outrageous can you imagine mm -hmm. if this was like an anti-muslim or anti-jewish type chant can you imagine like the outrage like oh, yeah. this would be this would be national national news but because Absolutely. but for some reason because it's a different minority religion right somehow it's like okay it's like no one's talking about it will kane and clay travis they're the only two people i've seen mention it um, i've scoured espn nothing about it like the double standard yeah, is what fast. just infuriates me i don't care that oregon chanted it I mean, they can, uh, again, if they want to be drunken idiots and sit behind the excuse of alcohol, even though it was very clear in reading Twitter uh, accounts that there actually is no alcohol served in the student section at all. And it's very strictly enforced. It's dry. Yeah. So, so, you know, to me, like, yeah, it makes them look really stupid, Oregon, that is. Um, but the double standard makes everybody that that blows everything else out of proportion look really stupid. It's like, okay, you don't get to pick and choose what's bigotry, you know, what's, 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 you know, inappropriate prejudice. Um, and so to me, it really, it really is annoying because of what BYU went through with a false accusation. Literally two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is coming off the hills. It's like, it's like what are we doing? Like if, yeah. if, it's, if it's a, if, if it supports the narrative, it gets the pub. If it's against the narrative, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So Governor Cox tweeted it. That's when it started to get some attention a little bit um, when he retweeted the the video. But there have been some people to their again, to Oregon's credit, they did apologize, did say yeah. it has no place at their institution. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if anything more comes of it. But the double standards, what bothers me the most, because if this had been if this chant had been made um, against a different religion like like Judaism or Islam, it would have been national, national, national news, international news. Yeah. But because it's against the LDS church, it, it barely makes waves. Or, so or Christians in general, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So BYU drops in the ranking seven spots. Utah rises 
one spot. Utah, they played another high school, right? Who did they play? <laughs> well, they played a team that won 12 games last year uh, oh. in West, so <laughs> a little bit better than high school. But thanks, Sean. Real cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, why are you going to come on here? I don't, I don't know. Please. No, let's talk about Utah. Utah, Utah rises a spot in the yeah. it rise. Get it? Can can oh, rising? Hey, hey, very they're, nice. They're they rising a spot, and uh, BYU dropped seven spots. I think BYU deserved to drop seven spots. Oregon, oh, yeah. Oregon jumped up ten spots. By the way, yeah. Well, uh, one, but one last thing on BYU. BYU was the biggest loser uh, last week in college football. Yeah, they were. Only three top 25 teams lost. There was Michigan State. They got upset by Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami lost. Um, and then BYU lost. Yep. But but BYU was re- – I mean, college game day, everybody picked BYU to win. Yeah. Everyone was riding the BYU train, and they just went out there and choked. Yeah, they, they did. You know, they, I mean, there was college football playoff talk. I don't know, know I mean? if they really choked, though, dude. They just got outplayed. Like, they were just – they <laughs> were just less less athletic, it looked like, you know. Well, like, but you, you, I, I knew. I mean, I mean, this is true for most teams that play Oregon. Like, your your skilled positions aren't going to be as as good, athletic, or as fast as the Oregon Ducks. That's yeah. just not going to happen. I mean, yeah, that's back in the days of DeAnthony Thomas. Um, you that guy. I knew BYU was going to struggle, but uh, especially without Puka and Gunner out there mm-hmm. as well. But I, I didn't think. Again, the surprise was the offensive and defensive line. You know, that's why Kalani said he was embarrassed. That's where Kalani yeah. prides himself. Yeah. Kalani's turning BYU into Utah 2.0. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Starting with the trenches, building Stop inside it. out. And, and they just, they just didn't show up. And they, yeah. So I think, I, I think if they played well, I think BYU had a real shot. They still might have lost. They probably would have lost um, in, in hindsight, but it wouldn't have been like that. Yeah. I'm not surprised that BYU lost. I'm surprised they lost like that. Yeah. Anyway, go Utes. Utah's better. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so let's get into that. I don't have any notes for me on the Utah-San Diego State game. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to say a quick thing thing or two, go for it. Um, I do have some other things I want to talk about, though, with Utah after. Sure. Go ahead. And- I, think, uh, I, I think Utah's notorious for starting out slow with the season. Um, playing Florida, I think you saw that. That Florida loss is looking worse and worse as the season yeah, goes that's on. One of, that's one of my notes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, playing in the swamp, that much hype, game one, no film. Like, I, I can almost give Utah a pass. Nevertheless, they should have won that game. There's no excuse. Utah's a better football team. Um, they, they start slow. Utah versus San Diego, um, that, that first quarter and a half, was probably the worst offensive football that I've seen Utah play in over a decade. We're talking worse than the Travis Wilson era. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, it yeah. was, I, I was losing my mind. I was like, well, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Our, our, our buddy Dave Glauser shoots me a text. He's the, he's a Cam Rising's twin who can't play football is, is, is starting for Cam. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was terrible. The offensive line wasn't blocking. And then they're just like in good old Utah fashion. It's like, oh, wait, we're, better than most people we play let's actually play football and then they, they scored 35 points in the next quarter and a half and then yep. Kyle Whittingham being the classic guy that he is which which as a fan kind of bothers me he did everything he could to not score 49 or or 50 plus <laughs> points against San Diego yeah. he's like we're on our second string we're just gonna run it in the middle and run out the clock I'm like gosh 
just throw 50 up. You know what I mean? They talk yeah. to but um, Utah's right where they want to be, um, where they really need to figure it out. And what's really got me questioning what they're going to do on the season is their front seven. Um, Lyndon Barton had a good game. Kyle Whittingham called him the future of Utah football. I think that's right. But Muhammad Diabate was out on um, the transfer from Florida. Um, he hasn't really played as well as we thought he would throughout the season. Mm -hmm. um, the defensive line, I, I call it the Kalani effect. Okay. So you're, you're looking at NFL guys on, BYU, on BYU's offensive line and defensive line. And we've already talked about how he's built that from the inside out. He's building Utah 2.0. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why Utah has been so good on the offensive and defensive line forever is getting that Polynesian talent. Kalani was instrumental in recruiting, you know, big dudes, Polynesian or not, but, you know, get like Starlo Tulele, all those guys that came mm -hmm. out there, like, I was talking to Michael Elisa that played at BYU. He's like, we couldn't handle Star. He was just too good. Mm -hmm. Utah's always had anywhere between one to three defensive linemen that go pro. Mm -hmm. That's just, at, at any given time, they've got one or three dudes up front. They got those dudes. They mm -hmm. don't have those dudes this year. Maybe they'll step up and they'll start showing up throughout the season. But as of right now, mm -mm. They, yeah. they, they are not. they are not there. Um, the offensive line is going to come together just fine. They might send a guy, a guy to the pros, um, but that defensive line is is worrisome. Um, until they get that figured out, I don't think Utah is going to repeat. And that defense needs to figure out how to cover mobile quarterbacks because when they play Caleb Williams in a few weeks, who's the best, one of the best running quarterbacks in college football. Yeah. If they don't figure it out by then, they're going to lose. Yeah. So, um, interesting note that I made. So I, I had the same note that you did, that the Florida loss is actually looking worse and worse. Florida is proving to be a pretty average team. Um, and they're the... <laughs> What's that? I said, yay, it's yeah. just fantastic. Um, and that's by far the best team that Utah has played. I mean, they played San Diego State. They played legitimately, I can't remember, who, who Southern Utah or Dixie. Who, who did Utah play the other? I don't even remember. Some... But it was like not a D1 team, right? It's Utah yeah. Tech or whatever it is. Yeah. And then they played Florida and they lost to Florida. So um, oh, I got a little note here. We've got, okay, we got 10 minutes left. Um, so sorry, I got distracted there for a second. So they played Florida um, and they, they lost that game. And now Florida the next week loses to Kentucky, which Kentucky's actually proven to be a very good team. Pretty it looks good. like, um, but then they play UC, uh, USF, which is, of course, the same school that BYU played first game of the season. BYU beat Southern South Florida 50 to 21. South Florida gave that game away to Florida yesterday. I watched it intently just like because I wanted to see, OK, these are these are Utah and BYU's week one opponents playing each other in the swamp. OK, at Florida. Hang on, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. You, you're going to have your chance for your rebuttal. They botch a snap. Okay. It, the, they're, they're down three and they are driving. South Florida is driving a, a game winning drive. Okay. And they are well within field goal range at this point. Right. They botch a snap that pushes them back 15 yards. Literally, the snap goes uh, quarterbacks and shotgun, low snap goes back 15, 17 yards. Running back has to dive on it. They waste like 15 seconds of clock. They lose 15 to 17 yards of field position. Like it completely ruined their chances for a game winning touchdown. Now they just have a chance to try and get a game tying field goal. 
and the the snap on the field goal is perfect and the guy on the hold botches the hold and so they miss the game tying field goal they literally gave that game away like south florida should have won that game they didn't in the end they didn't florida beat them by three just like they beat utah yeah and so i'm just like I don't know. Like, obviously, Utah won. They're two and one. They're ranked higher than BYU. BYU got killed yesterday by Oregon. Honest opinion, if BYU and Utah were to play this year, this next week, we'll say, who do you think would win? Put a feather in that for five seconds. I just have to point out to the viewership that Sean is hate watching Utah so thoroughly. He's watching <laughs> USF versus Florida just so he can talk crap on Utah. <laughs> no. Hey, what have I always said? I love the sport most. BYU could get rid of the athletic program. I'd still watch college football. Um, I think if they played, I think Utah wins, but I think it's a real tough game. I think it's a real tough game. Right, I fell asleep there. What'd you say? Uh, uh, <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no so i yeah i'm gonna say i don't know i have not been i've not been paying as close attention to utah as i do byu what i have watched of utah which i have caught i did catch a good amount of the florida game mm-hmm. um and i did follow at least along with the uh, san diego state game yeah we, we watched the florida game together and you were cheering for florida that was real cool yeah <laughs> it's the fan base you know our fan bases don't like each other that's just what it is you know i don't know why um, I'm like you as uh, <laughs> i mean you got a big byu helmet behind you there hey i, I, root, for, I root for both teams except when they play you know i root for utah yeah. no that's fair that's fair no it'll be it'll be fun it'll be fun for byu to get into the big 12 next year i'm excited to finally be part of a, a big conference have both of the main schools in the state part of legitimate big conferences and see what can happen um obviously the big 12 won't be the same without oklahoma and oklahoma or oklahoma and texas but um that could give byu a chance to win a big 12 championship within the first couple of years i would think honestly sure, sure. so we'll see what happens there i agree that it would be a very close game and I'd, I'd probably say i'd give the edge to whoever was playing at home you know if byu and utah were to well, play this year so, but so here, here's the thing and, and as a utah fan it's so frustrating i i, I live in a world where Utah has been in the P5 for 11 years now. Yeah. For whatever reason, we cannot recruit receivers. Like BYU has better receivers all the time, every time. And and this is no offense to to Utah's receivers, especially my boy Devon Vele from American Samoa. He's good, but like we we just don't have that dog. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We've got three dudes right now that are going to – they're. They're either going to get drafted or invited to camp. You know yep. what I mean? We don't have one of those guys. Yep. And it's just like, ah, oh. if they and if they could figure that out, you know what I mean? I mean, well, I think a big part of it is BYU is has been known historically as a great quarterback team, yeah. and I mean Zach Wilson just went number two in the draft. Jaron Hall will absolutely get drafted, yeah. and so when you have like a NFL caliber quarterback, you're going to attract more receivers to your team. You know, it, I think that's it, a big it, part of it. Everyone says Jaron Hall is an NFL caliber quarterback, and I agree with that. But I, what nobody's talking about is, like, he got praise at the end of the game last week, you know, for not turning the ball over, throwing a couple of touchdowns, getting some yards. Mm-hmm. Jaron Hall is not – they're not asking him to do much. You know what I mean? If Jaron Hall is this NFL quarterback, open up the playbook. Let's yeah. see. Let's see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, you don't want, like, let's get him on some runs. Maybe not a lot because he's fragile. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But let, let's see him make these NFL throws. Let's see him throw down the field. 
yeah. majority of his passes versus Oregon were 10 yards. You know what That's I mean? That's the majority right. of his passes all season. His his yards per attempt are pretty low, but his total yardage and his his touchdowns and interceptions, all those numbers are really, really good. So they they, they look great, but but they're not. If he's this good, take some risks with your guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and maybe and, maybe they're easy. We are used to him with playing, yeah. playing him with kid gloves. He's throwing the ball with kid gloves. Like open it up. Yeah. I like let's let's see if he's this good. Yeah, I, I do agree. I'd like to see them do a little bit more down the field. Um, and who knows what the strategy is there? It's early mm-hmm. season stuff. I don't know. That's another thing with BYU. Wanted to mention it's a it's kind of a bummer that BYU because they're independent and they're not Notre Dame. All of BYU's toughest games are early, always. And at the end of the season, that's when we get like the Idaho's and these, these teams that like, we know we can steamroll. And it's just a bummer that we have to play Baylor, Oregon, like just boom, 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 boom. Like it's always like that at the beginning of the year for BYU. And uh, I'm excited to get into a conference to where it'll shift to where we can play some of these easier schools up front. And I don't know if you heard this podcast a a few weeks ago, um, but I wish college football had, a legitimate preseason game that did not count at all period. Like it was wiped clean, but it was a true preseason game. I really wish they would do that. One of these, one of these days we'll have to do a podcast where we just talk about what college football should be. Like this is what, it, how it should work. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Um, Cause I've got some great ideas. I think it would solve. And, and you do. I've, I've heard them. We've only got three minutes left here, Alan. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to wrap up. I have to say something. Real quick, I promised our good friend Angie Kramer. You know Angie. <laughs> she she called me two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday. It's two days ago. I think it was on Saturday. Yeah. And she was like, um, she's like, I'm kind of she's got a I got a bone to pick with you. You never talk about my Detroit Lions on your podcast. Oh. And I, of course, talked trash to her. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know they still had a team up there in Detroit, you know? Sure. And I realized that the the Lions were playing the Commanders, which is my favorite team, of course, the yeah, Washington sure. Commanders. The, the Redskins, yeah, got it. For, formerly the Redskins. And wouldn't you know it, I the, the commanders go down 22 to nothing, okay? At halftime, it's 22 to nothing. They make a comeback. I'm like, please, please win so I don't have to go eat humble pie publicly on the podcast. But the commanders lose uh, 36 to 27. So shout out, Angie, to you and your Lions getting it done against my commanders. Getting Bro, done, you're making, a, making you're... me look like an idiot. You're a Redskins fan and a Cougar fan. I don't even know why you like sports. That's tough. <laughs> I think that's why I like sports more than I like teams. You know, when you're, when you're rooting for the Jazz, the Cougars, and the Redskins or the uh, Commanders, I mean, you got to just choose to love the sport uh, first, right? I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, and uh, this Michael Jordan highlight reel came on. I'm like, yeah, I like Michael Jordan. Who doesn't like Michael Jordan? And then halfway through, it just cuts to the full play of him like pushing off Brian Russell and shooting that J. I was like it still hurts it still hurts yeah um okay this is the last thing and then we do we do got to end it here so alan thank you for being here but um one thing i wanted to say just in closing here guys jimmy g yesterday trey lance goes down with a season ending injury i feel for the kid he finally gets his chance to start in his second game he in the first quarter busts his ankle it's just yeah really bummer but Jimmy G comes in, they win handily. Jimmy Garoppolo is the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL. They literally win when he plays and they lose when he doesn't consistently for like several seasons now. And yet they still don't want him. So to me, it's ludicrous. I had to end with that. Alan, we have like 10 seconds. So thank you. Let me just say this. If there's any two quarterbacks that I want to party with in the NFL, it's Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Let's go. <laughs> Let's I like go. it. I like it. 
Guys, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for being here. We are out. Peace. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Yeah, the